Welcome to the Sessions Podcast, where each episode, a real therapist sits down with their real client to candidly talk about their experience in counseling. Come join us and get a peek into what the relationship looks like between a therapist and a client. You'll hear the real stories, the real emotions, the hurts, the joys, and everything in between. But mostly, we hope that you'll hear the love that is found each day at Sessions. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Adam T. Adam has been a client for just about a year now, although it feels like I've known him a lot longer than that. Adam was referred to me by one of his close friends. Adam is in his late 30s. He owns multiple small businesses here in town, and he is just a really, really wonderful guy. So without further ado, here is Adam T. Just a heads up, this episode includes references to suicide, so take care when listening. If you can, give just a quick, abbreviated, little condensed version of you. I know that's a hard thing to do, but just sort of to tell your story a bit, just to sort of who are you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up uh, in a small town with amazing and supportive parents, you know, and I think that as I got older, older as in, I guess, you know, preteen, started to recognize a lot of, a lot of things that seemed off with my, in particular with my mom and learning very quickly that, that she was not, not healthy mm-hmm. uh, mentally and physically. And so, you know, I had a sister who relied on the mother to be there for her daughter. And, and that was uh, rarely a thing. And so, you know, I had to step in at, at, at sometimes and kind of try to be something like that. And dad did the same. But yeah, just kind of growing up in an environment of, you know, being surrounded by a lot of, um, I guess, chaos. And now, you know, now being able to say the word trauma, whereas, uh, you know, I didn't know, I, I thought that that would be too harsh of a word, right. not even that long ago. But you know, she suffered with, you know, anxiety and, and depression and, and, and so many other things. And, and so I remember there was a point in time when I was a teenager and she was just face down on the bed and just crying and not, you know, she, she was just, it was just moaning. I've never heard this before. And, you know, told her mom, just stop, you know, just stop. And she's like, it doesn't work like that. And I'm like, why not? You should just be able to stop and uh, just stop being sad. I I remember every single time she attempted suicide, whether it be me finding her, my sister finding her, or whatever it was, driving her to the hospital in the or, you know early in the mornings when I was fourteen, not supposed to be driving, and pulling her from a burning house because she was going to just burn with the, the house. Yeah, I mean, she, wow. it's it was it was really then that was my that was growing up in in my home. My dad worked a lot because he had to, we were very poor. And, and so when he was around, it was great, but he, he was also, he felt just heavy hearted, like his heart was heavy. He felt sorry for her, but also like helpless. And, right. um, I think too, you know, it was the mindset that being in a small town, it didn't matter where, where you went in terms of a doctor or a friend or any type of professional in that area. It's always like a, 
oh, they'll be fine. Or, you know, if it's a kid, they'll grow out of it. Um, right. it's, it's just temporary. It's a phase. Um, right. You know, your mom is, is probably, you know, she lost her job, so she's really upset. And, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And so you have this, these thoughts of like, okay, that's, that's how life works with mental health. Mental health is not even really an issue. It's, you know, somebody lost their job or their pet or. But the gravity of all of it is just sort of dismissed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And what's, I guess, lurking deep down and you never, I mean, it's just, and so yeah, I got older, I got smarter, I think, I hope. And, uh, (laughs) being able to recognize a lot of the details, uh, that I overlooked either on purpose or accidental back then, you know, graduating high school uh, and then moving to Nashville, I started taking on a lot of these issues, uh, started feeling a lot of anxiety and depression and just these things that I would tell my mom to stop. And, it was gradual. And so I started my first business in 2008. It was kind of right around that, the housing crisis and recession, just like around that, in that area. And so I was having a lot of people tell me, you're an idiot for starting a business. And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, I was overdrawn like 300 bucks in my account and uh, started my first company here and just head down and stuck with it. But throughout the times, you know, a lot of what I grew up with you know, I would show if when I would hire employees, if something was wrong, extremely minor or major, I wanted to, to step in and be that savior. I wanted to not necessarily micromanage at all, but it was more so of like, how can I hold, help you, hold you? Like, you know, yeah. what can I do? You know, go home. Yeah. Be with your family. And that's good stuff. But I really started seeing what affected me younger years, like rolling over into kind of always continuing to rescue mom. Yeah. Oh, wherever you were. Totally. Yeah. And I would recognize it, but I would just be like, you know, I've got to do what I've got to do. And and every day, every week was just this, you know, this rushing around, trying to put out a fire here, feeling like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave my office, you know, in case some disaster happened, didn't go on vacation. And it was like that for a really long time. And so I noticed that my, not only my mental health was suffering, greatly, but my physical health, everything started kind of rolling into now. I started feeling physical symptoms uh, where I was going to these doctors and specialists to have MRIs and CAT scans and all oh, blood work. And I, I mean, it became almost, I remember one day just like feeling, you know, they give you a shot or take blood work in the same arm every time for me. And I looked down one day and there was this, this permanent little tiny scar of the hole of a needle from where I got so much blood work done or the IV that they put in for CAT scans and MRIs to be able to see the the scan better. I was so stuck in that, like, something's wrong. I'm dying. Help me. And, you know, I I had two MRIs done in less than a year back to back because it was like, no, you missed something. Like, there's really something wrong here. Yeah, wow. uh, It was just really taking a toll. I... But all the while, somehow I maintained running a business and the business was growing exponentially. I mean, year over year, the growth was insane. And I attribute that a lot to the teams that I had at that time too. You know, I couldn't have done it without them Mm. um, for sure. Yeah. And then music was a big part of my life too. I played in bands and played with good friends and tried to keep that balanced with, you know, my company. And eventually music began to take a backseat to really hone in on the company. And, um, and then in 2013, you know, my mom, she got sick, stopped breathing, got put on life support. 
uh, in, in around April. And, and, and it was weird because at the same time, it was like weeks later, I, I developed this physical symptom of not being able to swallow. I mean, my body was tense. I felt locked up. Yeah, right. Um, and so she came out of it. She, she came out of it, got home about a month later and uh, passed away in October 25th of 2013. And they said it was massive heart attack, but she had a lot of pills just hanging out. That, that was her big, that was her big thing since I was a kid was uh, she would over the counter medication was her, was her vice, was her thing. Mm. You've heard of people buying drugs in an alley. Well, like in, in my small town, you know, alleys were pretty much the whole town, but she would do that. She would sneak away and go behind a, you know, a grocery store and, and it was ridiculous. I mean, but after her passing, I, for some reason it kicked in that my biggest fear was I was going to become my mom. Yeah. And so in every aspect of my life. And so every little thing that would happen, I felt would resemble something there. I was like, oh my gosh, I would slip into this weird darkness of like, I'm doomed. The, the chaos again rolled over and became greater and greater. And so I started you know, seeking professional help. I needed to lock down a therapist. I believed therapy worked for so long, yet I was one of those that was like, that's not for me. Yeah. I'll figure this out. It's just a phase, right? First therapist I found, I thought was great and, and stuff, but there was no, there was always this big thing missing of, of no work. I would just go in and they would listen and I would leave, go come back, listen, leave. And um, I just never felt there was anything happening. And mid to late 2014, I... I tried to, I attempted suicide and uh, my best friend in the whole world uh, randomly stopped by that evening and uh, he never comes came by my house without invitation and he somehow, and he stopped by and knocked on the door wow. and caught me, you know, and he didn't even know it and just asked what I was doing. I was like, oh, nothing, just hanging out. You know, wow. I was gonna, about to turn the TV on or whatever. And, and so from there, kind of told him what was going on a little bit after that and him and his wife, incredible people, and that, that changed my life. I remember getting into my car after the first session that we had. My face hurt because I was, I was really exhausted. Yeah. I can't remember if that we we actually dove into. I think it was like the seven rights. I don't know if it was that the first one that we did there. Yeah, but it was. I remember there were you know cards on the floor and there was work to be done. Is what I'm trying to get at. And, yeah, and I yeah. I went through it that first session. You really put me through it, and I was exhausted. And I was I was honestly I went home and I told Kelsey, my partner, I told her, "This is it. Yeah, this is, this is the guy. I found my person." and she said, should I be jealous? No, <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I, I first session went home and felt like I had tools to take on the world, come, you know, bring it. Wow. I've, I've got something here. Like I can yeah. navigate today. And you walked in session one and the ground had been tilled and the timing was right. And you were ready to work. And you came in with that, like dropped into the room, willing, available, trusting. I could tell you were fragile you know, but I also could tell that there was something in you that was motivated, which is funny because I do remember that first session. I'll sort of have you kind of lay those feelings right. on the ground, you know, like there's like a hundred of them. And I do remember, hey, when, you know, I think I the prompt is, 
want you to grab everything on the floor that feels true for you. Right. And I do remember like right there front and and, and then place them in the room in proximity to how much or how little you're feeling that thing. You know, and I remember stuck, you grab stuck and I think it was like sitting on the couch next to you. Yeah. And I think on the other side of you was, you know, anxiety or, or restless or, you know, some version of that, you know, and I think even though those were the things that you were feeling in that moment, and so you can almost see the paradox like stuck, but also really motivated, Mm -hmm. you know, also ready. And so if that's the case, when you come in, and I probably even said this to you that first session, like we will have the ability to move farther, faster, which I think we did. Cause I remember those first five or six sessions, it was a lot mm-hmm. like you were packing so much into every minute of every session, you know, that I remember even every time you walked out, I remember kind of walking you to the, the door going like, Hey, be kind to yourself. And like, you know, be, give yourself some time to reflect and don't, you know, man, Yeah. I mean, I felt like those first five sessions, I just left just, I mean, exhausted. I can't, I can't, there's no other word. I I, I felt like I've been put through it. And I really did think when you said, you know, when we were talking about mentioning at some point in there, like kind of moving, moving fast, I was like, in my head, I I said, you know, I'm a hopeless case. This is my last ditch ditch effort here. Um, This guy, and I feel like this is going to take forever. And I mean, day session one and on, I mean, you know, I remember you having me talk to my child self and you put out two chairs. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was profound. Labeled the chairs. I, that was a day that I think is burned into my skull for the rest of my life of just, you know, but it, that the thing is, is that that's a tool that was a tool being created. And now when things pop up daily, weekly, whatever, there's that to help navigate me through and, and let me know, like, you know, I, I did it. I went back to that, uh, pulled it out of my toolbox and it equipped me to, to just take it on. And yeah. I've never experienced. And I mean, again, you know, therapy, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I, and I've tried so many, but just uh, putting me through the work, the real work, that was, was profound. It, it just, just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I I do remember specifically that session that you and I had where we sort of laid all the cards on the ground and you the different rows of colors of sort of, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And I just remember that being really profound because I think that session for me, for our work, felt like a real page turn because I think for the first time I felt hope from you. Mm. Like I could feel what, like, cause I'll, I'll sort of carve that road in between the cards, that yeah. path into sort of this authentic reclaiming of self. And yeah, that little boy, mm. you know, the, the way that you were designed to be and that he doesn't go away. He gets wounded and he gets buried, but ultimately we do get to, rescue that part of us, you know? Mm. And I just remember that road going in and sort of like feeling you out a little bit as you were like making sure that you were being able to like take it in. And it was almost like it took the wind out of you. I remember it did. Physically, I felt 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. Describe it. I mean, from, from I, your end, what was that? I just, I mean, you said the word hope uh, when you feel so hopeless and at the end of it, uh, and then, you know, every session is just mind blowing, but then boom, this one specifically was absolute page turner. You're, yeah. you're right. I mean, you, I, I, I went home, I don't even know if I told you this, but I went home. One thing, side note, one thing I want to say that I am so thankful of is that you let, you let me take pictures mm. of, of the work Yeah, because if I did not take pictures, I would be trying to pull every bit from my brain of what, because you just kind of, sometimes you just black out and you're in it and totally. you, know, you leave there and you're just like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of input. Yeah. Yeah. But I went home that session and I zoomed in on every fucking card wow. and I, it was just like, I was bawling my eyes out. Kelsey came over and we were talking about it and I was just laying out everything that had happened and she was just hugging. I mean, it was, it reminded me of, it kind of reminded me of the last, my last day at onsite mm. where everybody was just family and hugging and crying. And, right. and it was like that moment uh, at home where I knew like, okay, there is a light. And I thought there was, but I convinced myself there wasn't in this specific session showed me that hope, hope is here. And I, I'm, I'm feeling it right now. Like I, I'm getting chills uh, uh. because it was a, it was a page turner. It was um, of a session. And yeah, I, I probably look at that, that photo specifically a few times a week since our, since that session. Wow. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Because I just, you know, that carving that path to your adv- adventurous self and you're all of these, all of these things, yeah. you know, in my head, it was, that was not okay to do like, or, or it just wasn't, you weren't able to do it. Yeah. It just wasn't there. It's hopeless. Yeah. Um, yeah. And realizing that, no, we can rework our, our whole thing. Yeah. I, it was uh, something to celebrate, I think. What you were just saying with, with her and sharing, uh, really opening up and just being 100% real, like I've never done with anyone before. Yeah. And then her, just that connection was incredible. I can't explain it. I, I told I remember telling you about it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. It was wild. Yeah. It's almost, we think by being that sort of messy, vulnerable, I can't believe how much pain I'm in yet the discomfort of that and just just sharing all of it unbuttoned up, not edited and curated like it normally is with you, that is actually the key. That's what she wants. Mm. She wants that version of you. She wants that. What When in your mind, you're like, why? Why would she ever want that? Like, I'm such a burden. Here I am being a problem again. And the truth is, is that that's the, the part that's really hard for us to understand is like, no, that's actually the magic sauce. <laughs> That's the thing that actually drives the connection. And that version of you is actually the only version that can love another person and receive love. We can't love or receive love from our personality, from this sort of adapted, protected self. You have to be able and willing to like let them know that, hey, inside I feel like I'm disappointing. And it's like, oh gosh, there you are. You know, it's like that. That, like that's such an odd idea. But yeah. but then once we have the blueprint and we get to experience that with our partner, then we're like, we we kind of know what to go back to. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you're going back to the pictures, you have that picture. What else would you say stands out in terms of just any part of the journey or 
you know, even as we continue on into this next year and thinking about like what, what sort of jumps out at you as you like kind of just thinking about the, the counseling experience, if anything? Well, one of the, the bigger parts of it is that it's just, you know, I mean, 2020, I said, it's going to be an awesome year. And then something happened that year. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, yeah. It feels like it was a great year for everybody, wasn't yeah. it? But I know that a lot of us went to deep, dark places and, uh, and it just kept spiraling. And, and now I attribute it 100% to, to therapy is that it doesn't matter what happens. Uh, another global pandemic, um, natural disaster. I, I don't know, but the confidence, I, I, you know, that's one thing that I think that that's one thing that's been lacking for what was lacking for a couple of years there until, until June of 2021, my first session with you as I started building my confidence through all of this. And that yeah. was, was one of the keys uh, of it. And with that confidence throughout every part of it from how to, to navigate, you know, my companies to navigating my relationship with Kelsey to, to navigating, uh, just the day, um, and whatever is thrown at me, therapy has prepared me and bulked me up, uh, continuously with what is needed. It's insane because I just, I do, I, I just keep going back to the, the words work and tools. Like mm-hmm. it's just, that it's just, those were yeah. new to me in 2015 and, yeah. and being able to keep that in, in your, in your mind and, and everything that's being done here. Yeah. The confidence gained here. It's been a ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you use that word confidence still. Cause I, the definition of confident that I always cling to is, I don't even know where I heard this, but I repeat it often. So I'll just claim it as my own. Confidence is knowing that I'm fallible and messy, but still holding myself in high regard. Hmm. Like that's confidence. Walking into a room, knowing like I'm human, I make mistakes, but I still hold myself in high regard. Like those are the people and and I can, I recognize that. I can recognize that in you, certainly, through the whole progression and trajectory of, of everything that you just, you, your whole life, you know, therapy or not, every time you walk into the room, there's more and more of a sense of like standing as tall as you are. You know, and your voice just being a little firmer, you know, and I think that and and part of that, I think, is so just embracing the fact that, yeah, you're messy, Mm. you know, and like completely fallible. And if I called Kelsey right now, she could tell me 10 things you've done Mm -hmm. this week. But that doesn't discount you from your significance. And that significance and that affirmation isn't going to be found in your work and anywhere else, it's it's something that's your birthright. Mm. You were made that way. Those cards, I just go back to those cards. If I'm not worthy. I'm. Yeah. I think I wrote. I'm a piece of shit. I think I wrote that on one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, all of these things and just lacking so much and not understanding so much. But I love, I love the way that you not only like throw the work at me, at, you know, but you also like take time to explain the science of it too. You've done yeah. that before and it blows my mind. Uh, you have that, that little head. Uh, right. My brain, the brain over there. Yeah. And just, uh, just some of the things that you've, you know, broken down uh, with that. I love that. And, yeah. you know, that was like an extra bonus yeah. of it. Yeah. But I, I remember you pulling that out and then talking through it and, and I was paying attention, but it was what you said at the end of like, we can rework our, you know, pathways. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm not stuck. 
how, how much hope has that given us? Like, I can change that. I can have a stimulus and there can be a different response. The response that I used to have was that like, oh, here I go again. This is my fault. I am the problem. I'm a burden. Like I get smaller and smaller. But the more that we continue to like press in and like have these corrective emotional experiences and do this healing and transformation and work, we we can actually rewrite some of that. It's like rewriting DNA. Yeah, man. It's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. And I love that we are designed that way. Like that's part of who we are. Like that's part of the design is that we can change. Like we can change that. It's we can. What? <laughs> yeah. It, it's just wild. And like I want to always, if I can, which I know you, you're in this camp too. Of like just stay in awe of that. You know. Yeah. It's good being with you, man. Thanks for listening to the Sessions Podcast, and thank you to each and every one of the brave clients we get to sit down with each week. It's not easy to ask for help, but we know that when we do, we begin the process of change. We begin the process of building an authentic connection to yourself, and this just may be the most important connection you will ever make, because we believe you're worth it. Hey friends, if there was something you heard in this conversation that you thought might be helpful for a friend or family member, feel free to share this episode with them. We love the idea of these stories being shared in hopes that it could help somebody who could use a little help. We love hearing how these stories are impacting you. So feel free to leave a review and keep following along.